Hello, you're listening to the Activate Podcast, and my name is Jillian Pelkey. If you'd like to hear other episodes of this podcast, you can check it out on iTunes or SoundCloud.com. Search Jillian Pelkey Activate. All right, uh, so today we are going to be talking about the book of Genesis. Let's pray, and then let's get right into it. God, I thank you that you are above and beyond our expectations. God, I thank you that you are more than enough for us. God, that you have so much power, so much grace, so much love, so much of what we need. And God, you lavish it on us. God, I thank you for all that you're going to do today through this word. I thank you, Lord, that you are going to reach hearts and minds. I thank you, God, that lives can be changed by your word. You send a word and it, it it scatters the enemy. You send a word and it changes lives forever. You send a word, God, and it, it directs our path. And God, I thank you for the Bible. I thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that as it goes forth, it will accomplish all that you want it to accomplish in our lives. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I was thinking about the movie Titanic, and you've got... Uh, the end scene where Jack is holding on to the raft and uh, he says he's never going to let go and Rose says I'll never let you go Jack I'll never let you go and they trust each other and they love each other and as they get colder and the night goes on she lets him go and he drowns and I think that many times unfortunately our trust with God is the same way as it was between those two that we trust God but we really don't think he's actually going to come through in the middle of the night, that he's going to get tired and he's going to let us go and he's going to let us drown. We trust him, but up until a point, we trust him, but we also have to make our own way. We also have to trust ourselves. And so today I want to talk about how that's such a fallacy that we don't have to put our trust in ourselves. We don't need a backup plan. We don't need a second plan. We need to trust God completely. And I want to talk about what that looks like and how God comes through every time. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 8, and the title of this chapter is The Flood Recedes. Now, of course, we're looking at Noah, and Noah was found by the Lord to be the only righteous person in all the land. So God looks at the entire earth, and he sees one righteous man, and it's Noah. And God lays out a plan, a blueprinted plan on how to build a boat. And he's building a boat in a time where it has never rained before. And so this is a huge, massive amount of trust in God that he's going to build a boat because it's going to rain and it's never rained before ever. So this is a supernatural plan and it is it takes supernatural trust to go ahead and do this. And for years, he's building an ark. For years, he's being made fun of. Then he goes in the boat with his family shuts and God shuts the door and it doesn't rain. And then finally it starts to rain. And so there's all these moments of deep trust, not only trust in Noah's mind, he could in his mind say, okay, God, I I hear this word from you. I trust you in my spirit. I trust you in my mind. But then he had to literally act it out. He had to literally go get the, the trees and cut them down and make them into the planks to build the ark. He had to literally do the thing that God had a sign for him to do. All day long, we can talk about what God's told us to do. All day long, we can dream about it. We can think on it. But it's a whole nother thing to begin to step and act it out. And Noah did the, just that. He, he acted it out. He did the thing that God had called him to do. And to the letter, he did it. He, he followed the blueprint and the plan. He brought his family, put all this trust in God. And then the rains fell 
and they're on the boat just like God said. The plan is happening just as God said. Many times in our lives, we can find ourselves just in that same place. God tells us to do something, and we do it. How awesome is that feeling? God told me to do this, and and I'm doing it. And it seems like everything is working out just as God said. I want to talk about the moment here where the flood is receding and what's going on with Noah and how it parallels us sometimes in our trust with God. We can't just trust God once. We have to continually lay our lives in His hand, our whole life dedicated to God, that that we could trust Him. Every season, every phase, every situation that comes, it's not enough to trust Him once and just build the ark, which is monumental, but it's trusting Him again and trusting Him when we're tired and trusting Him in that midnight hour and trusting Him in that wee hour of the morning and trusting Him again and again and again. It's not a one and done trust moment with God. It's trusting God through our entire life. It's a built up trust. Okay, so uh, Genesis chapter 8. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock with him in the boat. He sent a wind to blow across the earth, and the floodwaters began to recede. The underground waters stopped flowing, and the torrential rains from the sky were stopped. So the floodwaters gradually receded from the earth. Sometimes our answer from God is not instantaneous, but gradual. The floodwaters gradually receded. Sometimes in our lives, we want God to instantaneously free us from addiction, instantaneously to fix parts of our character, instantaneously to fix relationships. And sometimes those miraculous things happen. But sometimes the miraculous thing is the gradual happening of the thing of God. So these floodwaters are gradually receding. After 150 days, exactly five months from the time the flood began, the boat came to rest on the mountain of Ararat. Two and a half months later, as waters continued to go down, other mountain peaks were visible. Another 40 days, and Noah opened up the window he had made in the boat and released a raven. The bird flew back and forth until the floodwaters on the earth had dried up. He also released a dove to see if the water had receded and it could find dry ground. But the dove could find no place to land because the water still covered the ground. So it returned to the boat and Noah held out his hand and drew the dove back inside. That's the moment I want to talk about when the flood waters, something's happening. I know that God is moving, but it hasn't completely happened yet. It hasn't completely happened yet. To trust God right up until the miracle happens. It is so easy to give up in those last few moments. It's so easy to give up right before the dawn. Will you give up in the last moment or will you keep trusting God until the promise comes all the way? Noah held out his hand, drew the dove back inside. The next verse says this, after waiting another seven days, Noah released the dove again. Another seven days. Will you wait another season for your answer to come? Will you wait another night? Will you wait another time? Does your trust run so deep that you trust that God will come through like he said he would? Do you trust the promise that God has given you? Do you trust God to take you all the way to the finish line? Or are you going to give up right before? Another seven days, and Noah released the dove again. This time the dove returned to him in the evening 
with a fresh olive leaf in its beak. Hope in its beak. Hope that the dawn is right around the corner. Hope that after all of these months, your family will get off this boat. Then Noah knew that the floodwaters were almost gone. He waited another seven days and then released the dove again. This time, it did not come back. Noah was 601 years old. On the first day of the new year, 10 and a half months after the flood began, the floodwaters had almost dried up from the earth. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw that the surface of the ground was drying. Verse 14, two more months went by. Two more months. Two more months. And at last, the earth was dry. Then God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you, you and your wife and your sons and their wives, release all the animals. Finally, the earth was dry. Finally, the dawn had dawned. And it was time for release. Listen to me, friend. Your waiting time is your safety. Your waiting time is your safety. God had Noah on that boat for a reason. It was to protect him from certain death. He had him on that boat for a reason. And he has you right where you are for a reason. Your waiting time is actually for your safety. Your waiting time is actually for your safety. Do you trust God? I know you've trusted him before. But do you trust him again and again? Do you trust him and wait another seven days and another seven days and then another month? Will you trust him again and again and again and again and again and again? Will you choose to trust God till the very end, till you take your last breath? What is it that can derail you from the promise of God? What is it that's going to lure you away from trusting God? Boredom? Boredom can surely draw you away from trusting God. This is boring. This waiting is boring. The ark, waiting on the ark was boring. Waiting for your moment might be boring. Joseph waiting in prison was boring. Those days were not going by very quickly with a lot of entertainment and fun. Those were mundane, day after day after day after day. Choosing to say, I will trust my God. I will trust my God. My waiting time is for my safety. I will trust my God. And at just the right time, he will release me. At just the right time, things will change. I trust God. He's not going to let go of me in the midnight hour. He's not going to let go of me when it's hard. He's going to hold on to me every step of the way. We have to trust God. Here's what worry will do. Worry leads you to trouble. Worry leads you to wrong action. Worry says, I'm going to take it into my own hands. I don't trust God. Worry is the opposite of trust. It's that discord in your heart that says, maybe I'll help God. Maybe somebody else could help God. Maybe I will bring someone else along. It's like uh, Abraham and Sarah. When Sarah says, maybe you should sleep with my handmaiden. Maybe we should help God out. And we get Ishmael. Maybe I should help God out. Here, sleep with my servant. 
and have a baby by her. Well, that wasn't the way that God had designed it. That wasn't the way to bring all the glory to God. God wanted to have Sarah have a baby in her old age. He wanted them to trust until the midnight hour. He wanted them to trust another month and another month and another seven days and another seven days until finally he said, now is the time. Doesn't God know more than us? Aren't his thoughts above us? Doesn't he know how long we have to wait? He knows how long. I say, stop. I say, I want out of this pit. I want out of this prison. I want out of this cave. I want out of this waiting period. I want out of the ark. And God says, wait, wait, wait. At just the right time, I will release you. Worry, it leads us to trouble and wrong action. Worry leads us to wanting to fix a situation. Friend, not having a word from the Lord leads us to secondhand information. It leads us to depending on a person instead of God. If God speaks to you, you can hold on to that year after year, day after day. But if you're getting your information from somebody else, it's easy to let it go. But to have a word from the Lord, how do you get a word from the Lord? You read your your Bible, you pray, you spend time in the presence of God. And he will reassure you of the plan and the purposes that he has for your life. And you are created on purpose for a mission that's created, designed, blueprinted, especially for you. Noah, it was the ark. David, it was a kingdom. For you, it's something. And you have to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord, but he will be found. He won't run away from you. He won't be far from you. He says he will answer you when you seek him. He will give a light to your path and show you which way you're going. But we can't get our word from someone else. We have to get the word from the Lord. Noah got the word from the Lord. Joseph got his dream from the Lord. Abraham got his direction from the Lord. He strayed from it, but he got his direction from the Lord. You need the word from the Lord to follow. And then you cannot let it go no, long, no matter how long it takes. No matter how long it takes. Worry will lead to wrong and hasty actions. Jesus said these famous words in Matthew. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in me. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in me. How have we let our heart be troubled? By worrying by taking things back into our own hands, by starting to dabble in wrong actions, by starting to dabble in ways that we want to fix the situation instead of trusting in the Lord. So many times we get to this point where like, you know what? God must have forgotten me. God can't forget you. He knows even the hairs on your head. He sees you right where you're at in your situation. He knows more about you than any other person. He knows more about you than your pastor does. He knows more about you than even your own child does. He knows more about you than any relative of yours, than your husband or your wife or anyone on the planet. He knows more about you and he cares more about you. He created you and designed you and has a purpose and a plan. So how can we say he doesn't see us? We are the apple of his eye. Our names are written on the palm of his hand. He knows you. He sees you. And maybe you have to wait another month and another month and another year and another seven days, but we will trust him. And even when we get a glimpse of hope, an olive branch coming back in the, the mouth of a dove, even when we see the horizon, we won't give up. We won't say, okay, that's it. I'm, now I'm going to take it into my own hands. That's enough. We wait for God to say, now go. Now I release you into this promise. Now I release you into this plan. And here's what happens at the end of chapter 8. 
Uh, verse 15, then God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you, you and your wife and your sons and their wives, release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, the small animals that scurry along the ground so they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. So Noah, his wife, his sons and their wives, they left the boat. And all the large and small animals, birds came out of the boat pair by pair. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And there he sacrificed burnt offerings of the animals and the birds that had been approved for that purpose. Noah knew who God was. He knew that God had orchestrated all of this. And so the first thing that he's going to do is thank his God. If he had been released early or if he had swept away the water himself or he had, he had left when the, uh, the dove came back with the olive branch, he could thank himself. He could look to his own strength or his own power, but he recognized every step of the way it was God. He was above and beyond what he could ever have hoped or imagined he would be. God is better than we can imagine. God is better than we can imagine. He is. So Noah f- recognizes God's lordship and makes an, uh, a sacrifice to him right away. Joseph, he says when his brothers finally come, he's like, this is what God did. You didn't do this to me. This is all God's plan. Abraham and Sarah recognizes it's God's plan. David recognizes that he's only the king because God allowed him to be. If we don't go through these situations trusting God, then we come out thinking we are the victor, thinking we are the king, thinking we are the God, we are the Lord, and we are not. It's God's plan. It's God's uh, orchestrating our lives. And so when we come out of these situations, at the perfect time when we come out of them, we can recognize that God was in control the whole time. It It had to be God. It's supernatural. It cannot be me. It cannot be me. Moses said once, God, unless you go, I'm not going. I won't go if you don't go. That has to be our attitude every single time. God, if you don't go with me, I know I'm not enough. God, I know I'm not enough in my own strength, my own thoughts, my own abilities. God, every gift I have, I know it supernaturally from you. And I will trust you every step of the way. Month after month, another month, another seven days, another year, another season. And so that when it's all over, when I'm finally released from this trouble, when I'm finally released from this mission, when I'm finally released from this, I will automatically be praising you because God, I know it was all from you and through you and without you, it was impossible, impossible without you, God. I want to live my life for things that are impossible in my own strength, knowing that they had to have come from God and I will trust him at the beginning. I'll trust him in the middle. I will trust him when there's a glimmer of hope. I will trust him when I see nothing at all. And then on my release, I will worship him. So Noah builds an altar to the Lord. Verse 21, and the Lord was pleased. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race. Even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood, I will never again destroy all living things. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. I don't know where you are in this journey, but I know one thing. You have to trust God. He has proved himself again and again. And what we've done as the human race is proved again and again how quickly we flee from the plan that God has. How quickly we jump ship. How quickly we get off course. How quickly we take things into our own hands. How quickly we worry. 
And if it's been true of the human race since the beginning of time, it's true today. And so how do we safeguard ourselves from letting go of the plan of God? How do we safeguard ourselves from worry and taking things into our own hands? The only safeguard is time in the presence of God. Time in prayer alone. Time reading the word alone. The Bible is useful for correction, rebuke, discipline. It gets us back on the right path. It reminds us who God is and who we are. It can also be like a balm, a healing balm of Gilead that washes over every wound and every sore and every pain. You know, there's so many things that the Lord has revealed to me that uh, are character flaws in myself. At just the right time, he'll tell me, here's, here's something you have to work on. And every time I think to myself, oh, how long have I been this way? If I had only known that I was doing this, I would have stopped a long time ago. How ugly is this sin? The more I spend with God, the more those things get washed away. The more those things can be taken care of. And I can walk reflecting his light even more. I can walk more and more like Jesus. Jesus didn't give up before the cross. He went all the way to the cross. Don't give up before the ending of the story. Don't give up in the middle. Don't give up when it gets hard. Don't give up when it gets boring. Don't give up when it gets lonely. Don't give up, but finish the race that the Lord has set before you for the glory that's on the other side. We're only going to live on this earth for but a hundred years at most. And then forever in eternity. Don't give up on the thing that God has called you to walk through. Find yourself in prayer and in scripture to get to the other side. God is not like Rose and Jack where he's going to give up in the midnight hour. He's not going to let you drown and sink and freeze to death. He will come through. My God will come through. His promises are yes and amen. We can trust him. Day after day, year after year, no matter what part you're in, trust God completely. And if you're having trouble, tell God that, God, I don't know how to trust you. I don't know how to walk this walk. God, help me to learn that. And I guarantee you're in that season so you can learn that. Our God is big enough. He's beyond us. He's got more than we ever hoped. He's got more than we ever dreamt of. He's got more than we've ever needed. He's got everything that we need, every bit of strength, every bit of wisdom, and no matter what, we will trust him. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would give us the heart of Noah. God, the heart to trust you every step of the plan, the heart to trust you, God, at the beginning of the plan, the heart to actually walk it out, and the heart to wait until the very end till you release us. God, we want to live for you and not for ourselves, not for our own motives, not for our own plans, not for our own good pleasure, but God, for yours. So God, redirect us. God, change our hearts. Wash us. God, help us to follow after you with reckless abandon where you matter more than everything else. And God, I pray that we wouldn't jump ship, that God, we wouldn't leave early, that God, we would go through the boredom. We would go through the days that are hard. We would go through the darkest part of midnight to get to the dawn. And God, I pray that you would refresh us with your strength. That God, you would remind us that you're with us, that God, we wouldn't grow weary and well-doing, but God, we would finish the race that is marked before us. 
And that, God, we would be able to bring you glory. Help us not to quit so that, God, you will get glory. That we wouldn't get the glory, but, God, you would get the glory. God, be lifted up in our lives. Our attention is on you. Our hearts are set upon you. God, move in us. Help us to find time to be in your presence, to be in your word. God, we love you more than we love ourselves. God, we love you more than we love this earth. God, we love you more than anything else. Move in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.